0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio. I am excited. We have another great show for you today. We're going to be interviewing uh, Jeremy Watkin, who I've known for quite a while. He uh, I first met him uh, through his blog that he wrote, uh, which we'll talk more about when uh, he comes on the show in just a little while. But let's start off by talking about the power of the customer satisfaction survey. Now, the reason I want to talk about this is I have some of Jeremy's talking points that we're going to get into a little bit later, and we're going to be talking about the voice of the customer. And the way you uh, get and hear the voice of the customer is by listening listening. And we're not talking about just the customer talking to us, although that's one way. But how about through surveys? And how important are surveys? Well, it was Peter Drucker who, uh, and by the way, other people may have said it as well. Uh, but Peter Drucker is the first one that comes to mind whenever I think of this line: "You can't manage what you don't measure." Uh, and there's—you've got to keep score on everything. You've got to—I mean, business. Is numbers. Uh, we talk about an increase in sales. That could be a percentage. It could be a dollar amount. It could be a number of items. But it is a number. We talk about uh, increase in. Customer loyalty, which is a percentage perhaps, or maybe it's a number of customers. We talk about uh, employee turnover. That's a number. Everything that you can think of related to the success or the failure of a business pretty much can be tied to a number. Something didn't happen. Uh, some We didn't hit the number, or maybe we exceeded numbers, and things that were great happened. So you can't manage what you don't measure, so you've got to have a score in place. But the way you get there, well, there's two important parts to getting those numbers and uh, and, and creating a customer survey that is effective. So you want to hear that voice of the customer. You want to get the feedback. So you create the survey. So number one, you must ask the right questions on a survey. And I know we've talked many times on this show before about different types of surveys, everything from a customer satisfaction, CSAT type survey to net promoter score, NPS, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, what's the likelihood that you'd recommend us? Or unfortunately, if you get a low score, the likelihood that you're going to be a detractor and pull business away or recommend others. So you need to ask the right questions for the right reasons. But the second side of this is, listening to the customer, hearing the voice of the customer, getting the feedback, getting the data. That means nothing, nothing at all if you don't do anything with the information. So if you don't do anything with the answers, you probably aren't asking the right questions or you're afraid uh, of what the repercussions are if you decide to turn things around because then you'll realize things just weren't quite as well as you thought they were. So Anyway, that's some of what we're going to be talking about a little bit later on with Jeremy Watkin, uh, and that is the voice of the customer. I also know he's got a pretty intriguing concept, and I'm not exactly sure what he means by this. Uh, Right before we do the interview, I'll ask him. But he talks about stop phrases or stop words. I believe these are the words that would uh, potentially stop customers from wanting to do business with you. So you're going to definitely want to hear that in just a few minutes. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll get right into our interview with Jeremy Watkin. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. If customer service is the new marketing and content marketing is one of the hottest marketing trends, then it makes sense that your customer service and experience strategy would include a content marketing strategy. Delivering relevant content, not blatant promotional content, is part of the value that you can bring to your customers. You can become an influential voice in your industry, which creates more leads, loyalty, and brand recognition. And that's where PowerPost comes in. This solution will help you be more organized and efficient in the way you publish and post content to social channels, websites, blogs, email, and more. And the team at PowerPost can provide consultation and services to help your brand evolve into a modern-day marketer. Turn your company into a publishing machine that adds value to your customer's experience. Learn more at www.powerpost.digital. That's www.powerpost.digital. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back, and I promised you a great interview, and today we're talking with Jeremy Watkin, who's the head of quality at FCR. FCR is a company that if you outsource your customer service, basically they become your customer service department. He has more than 15 years' experience in the customer service world. He and I met, oh, I'm going to say back around 2012 when he – uh, and his partner at the time, Jenny Dempsey, uh, did a blog called Communicate Better. And he just reminded me prior to uh, jumping on the interview that during Customer Service Week that year in 2012, I had a contest. I don't even remember what the contest was about, but apparently Jeremy was one of the winners and won one of my books, which I know changed his life forever. Yes yes indeed (laughs) of course now uh you've moved away (laughs) from the communicate better blog and you are doing customer service life which is a great blog uh where you continue uh, where he continues to write about customer service and experience and his life in the world of contact centers which is all about customer service so jeremy welcome to amazing business radio we're gonna have fun today
1: Thank you, Chef. I'm so excited to be here
0: today. Yeah, and you, and you and I actually met a couple of years ago in person. I know we met via social media, but in person in, in San Diego. And since then, you have moved up to Oregon, the state of Oregon, where, where marijuana is legal. But it's also where your job is at FCR. I know one does not have anything to do with the other, or maybe it does, and I just don't know. But it doesn't really matter, and that's not really what we're going to talk about today. Um, let's jump into it because you've given us a list of a few of the topics you want to you want to cover, and the first one is voice of the customer. Ironically, this is a pretty popular topic, and I don't know if we've talked much about voice of the customer uh, since we've started doing the show uh, in the last couple of years. So. Uh Jeremy, jump right into it. To share a little bit of background on, on what voice of the customer is, why it's important, what it's about, how we can take advantage of it, and on and on. Thanks, Chef.
1: Yeah, I'd I'd love to dive into this. You know, voice of the customer is such a um a buzzword these days uh when we talk about the customer experience. But um really simple. Um it's it's about listening to what the customer is saying. And they may be saying it through a bunch of different ways. Um, It it may be anything from your customer satisfaction or maybe your net promoter score survey and the verbatim feedback there. It may be uh, just little anecdotal comments that they're making to your agents on the phone. Uh, It may be uh, what they're typing in on your website when they're canceling their service. All of these different things, these are insights about how we can improve our experience, um, where there might be pain points that customers are experiencing, um, heaven forbid reasons that they're actually canceling their service. And voice of the customer is about finding those and actually listening listening to them, figuring out what the top trends are, and finding ways to improve them. Uh, and I have a really u- unique angle here at FCR as an outsourcer. You know, we are, are – our company, our product, is customer service. Um, and what I've found, and drawing from experience at, at my last job at um, it's it's really easy for the customer service team to get overlooked when we're talking about the voice of the
0: customer. We have Which a lot of insights. That surprises me. I mean, how, how could that possibly be? <laughs> I mean, it's all about the customer. And (laughs) I I would imagine that the customer service department, if you will, um, is hearing more of the voice of the customer than any other group or department might be.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And to credit the other, you know, departments, you know, sometimes they call them silos, the other departments in the organization. Um, Sometimes we in customer service are, are really good at firefighting and not thinking proactively and not looking for the overarching trends that are happening and relaying those up to, you know, the marketing team or the product team, or if there is a customer experience function, or maybe it's the the engineering. Um, You know, engineering is a great example. If they release something that has a bug in it, um, they don't want to, they want to know about it as quickly as possible so they can fix it. And the customer service team can really help with that. But so often, you know, We'll either swallow those issues and, and you know, forget to say something or, or get wrapped up in the next issue, um, or we'll wait until it's a really big issue.
0: Right. Um, in in so some voice- cases, it's almost mission impossible to get uh, the voice of the customer that's heard from the customer service support team to somebody that can do something about it and actually it then uh, they execute on that. So I know that's got to be frustrating. Uh, and I would imagine that you know a good voice of the customer program will incorporate uh, the true response and and some of the words that are being used to describe it from the customer service reps point of view, not just something you get on a survey.
1: Yeah, definitely. So so maybe it's maybe it, your program includes focus groups with your agents. Um, I always like to say you know in customer service, um, you never have to. You, you'll never be short of feedback when you ask your agents for feedback on on pain points that your customers are experiencing. They will happily share, uh, you know, what customers are upset about when they when they call your support line.
0: Wow, yeah, so that's
1: that's a that's perfect. Great place to start and
0: with. and that's great. I mean, uh, and and by the way, something you pointed out that I just want to make sure everybody heard. You mentioned the word focus group. When you hear the word focus group. Who do you think of uh, that would typically come to do a focus group? It's your customers, but you said have a focus group with your agents, with the people on the front line interacting with the customers day in and day out. They can give you critical feedback if you ask the right questions. You will get amazing answers.
1: Shep, I think I I think I read this probably in that book you sent me four years ago, but. Um, but your agents are your internal customers.
0: Everybody is so. an internal customer, but the agents, yeah. You know, it, it really, you as an internal customer, you depend upon them. You know, the agents, uh, give them the authority to take care of the customer, but more importantly, empower them with the opportunity to share powerful information with the people. Uh, think about it. The chief marketing officer, the chief customer officer, the, you know, anybody who's in a leadership position, uh, they... Uh, are dependent upon information that comes from that front line, and uh, with the right program in place, with the right uh, system in place, we can get that information from the customer that comes directly to the front line, straight to where it needs to go, and ideally quickly then implement it if if it's something that can be implemented. You know, I'm amazed um, sometimes, and, and you know, there's we can talk about all kinds of things that get get us into understanding the way a customer. Experiences a product or a service. I mean, obviously, mystery shopping your own company is a great way of doing it. But uh, anyway, mm. I'm going on and on about this. I want you to give us a little bit more information, a little bit uh, more insight into this whole voice of the customer. So I know you talk about surveys, feedback from the agent. Uh, give us some of your best tips for how to do a good voice of the customer program.
1: Yeah, the... Um I think just some things that I think really helped us, um, help you do this. Well, first of all, it needs to be something that's done consistently. It's a discipline, um, worth devoting resources to. So that means, that means, um, as a discipline looking at your, whether it's NPS, where you might be looking at your detractor feedback or customer satisfaction, where you're looking at your dissatisfied actually go through and read that feedback. Um, we also place a lot of emphasis in FCR on a closed-loop feedback process um, where, sure, you want to look at the overall trends, but you also need to make sure that you're looking <clears throat> at the individual situations that, um, because those are customers that are having a difficulty. Those are customers you could potentially save. Um, so so it's important to reach out to those, those upset customers. Uh, and honestly, I've seen this over and over again. Um, customers often fill out these surveys not expecting to hear anything. So just the fact that you're following up, even maybe showing a little empathy, maybe there's nothing uh, you can actually do to fix their issue. Um, maybe you can offer them a little compensation or something like that, but you'll knock their socks off just by just by responding to them.
0: All right, so this uh, is really important. That they were heard. If this is really yeah. important. Now, by the way, you mentioned NPS, that's for those that – I don't know why you wouldn't know it if you've been following our show or following any of the work that I do, or you're in this world, NPS is the net promoter score. You've got your promoters, you've got detractors. You mentioned measurement of detractors. Uh, uh, You had another one and there was more self evident, but this one is important. The, the closed loop. Here's the thing. If, and by the way, when you respond to the customer, and this is the important part, you cannot respond, for lack of a better term, robotically or automatically. It needs to be something that's a bit more personalized. They will be impressed if you respond, but you will irritate them even more if you respond with a form letter.
1: Yeah, don't respond and just defend your previous
0: action. Right. (laughs) And it's not Not even defending the previous action. (laughs) It's, you know, dear valued customer. Thank you for taking the time to submit your information. Uh, if we decide to do something with it, well, you may never know because it's going to be a year and a half from now. No, that, I'm exaggerating. But, <laughs> but, you know, I know that when I write uh, notes, and most of my notes that I write to companies, I would say I write five positive notes for every one where I'm re- just really upset. And the one company, I won't even get into who they are and what their name is, but, I mean, I fly on them all the time. Oh gosh. Okay. I love them. (laughs) They're in the airline industry. I do love them. But every once in a while, and and by the way, I love praising great people because they need to hear this. In the airline industry, these people get beat up all the time uh, by angry passengers because of delayed flights that aren't even the gate agent's fault. They aren't even the flight attendant's fault. So when you meet somebody that's empathetic, sympathetic, warm, enthusiastic, I could go on and on with the positive adjectives, and they take care of a customer uh, I wanna, or a passenger, I want to let the airline know. On the other hand, you have to really irritate me badly for me to write a letter of disapproval or a detractor-type letter. And what I can't stand is when I get the form letter back. And, you know, it's really nice when you get the letter that acknowledges the positive, too, which I think is an also, also an important point to make. If somebody's willing to take time to send in a positive accolade about somebody or something that happened, how do you feel about a, a closed-loop response there?
1: Yeah, what was, the, what was that one situation where uh, someone sent, some company sent a form letter and they forgot to fill in the, uh, the person's name? It just said, "Dear, uh, dear customer." In brackets.
0: Oh gosh. Well, what does that tell you? <laughs> it's terrible. So here's here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll we'll close the loop on voice of the customer, and then I want to get into something you like to talk about, which are what I call customer loyalty killers. These are phrases. You call these stop. Words, phrases that you should avoid and never use with the customer. We've got that to look forward to. So don't go away. We'll be right back. We're talking with Jeremy Watkin, uh, the head of quality at FCR. Great ideas, Jeremy. Thanks for being here. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information all you have to do is go to my website, hiken.com That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form. And each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more. All about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back talking with Jeremy Watkin. We've been talking about voice of the customer. And uh, any final thoughts on the concept of the voice of the customer and, and the relevance of putting a good program into play?
1: Yeah, I, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest thing with this program, and we may not realize it, I'm, and I'm speaking to customer service professionals here, um, is that the the folks in other departments want to know this feedback? They want to get rich understanding of what customers are saying about your product, about your service. Uh, they want that. And and as I mentioned before, uh, so often um, we've we've had difficulty. I'm not going to say failed, but we've had difficulty packaging it in the right way. Um, but ultimately, uh, customer service deserves a seat at the table when we're talking about the customer experience and what customers are saying. And um, our job really is to do our due diligence, do a good job with it, and prove that that, that our voice has value and, and deserves a seat at that table.
0: Wow. Well, I think it, it's important that everybody take note of that. So let's move into our next topic, and I love this one. Uh, you call them customer service stop words. So, uh, give us some examples of what customer service stop words are, because I, I I love this con concept.
1: Yeah, so I've uh, I've been preaching this for a while, and I know you you've talked about it a lot in your books as well, Chef. Um, I actually had a boss um, at Phone dot com who um, actually engineered our support ticketing system so that. Uh, you could not press send on a ticket if the word unfortunately was anywhere on the email.
0: Um, <laughs> That's pretty good.
1: Kind of fun.
0: <laughs> this is so unfortunate. Unfortunately, we can't do anything about it. That's what's unfortunate. <laughs>
1: the sad thing about that is I think um, I think some of us may have found other ways to say, you know, thesaurus is sometimes your, your best friend or it was our worst enemy in that case. Um, but really the spirit of that is let's get away from telling customers, sorry, there's nothing we can do, or sorry, policy pre- prevents us, to um, framing it in the best light where we can we can actually find what we can do and highlight that. Or, you know, in a lot of cases, um, and I've been there, y- you say unfortunately, um, because because it's a lot easier than getting up and trying to figure out um, some way to fix their issue. Maybe it's a really complex, Um, maybe support, maybe uh, getting help from a tier two or some, someone like that is, is difficult or time consuming. Um, so it, you know, it's a big issue. Um, but there are a lot of words, um, that, that we say on a regular basis that really just turn our customers off. And I, um, in talking with a client recently, um, they, We were talking about, you know, their voice and style, the way they wanted um, the customer service agents to speak with their customers, uh, which is really important to establish that when, when you when you bring on a new client uh, for an outsourcer. Uh, but they, they like to call them stop words, things that we, you know, words that we stop saying that we don't say. Words
0: and that you shouldn't say. Of, and also words yeah. that will stop the customer from wanting to do business with you in the future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and by the way, they're simple things, words like can't, my dad used to say, you know, can't means won't try. (laughs) So I I don't know if that's accurate or not, but you know, I, I know. So what are some other words or phrases to avoid?
1: Um, Definitely. Nope. Unfortunately, won't. Um, Policy. (laughs) Anytime you have to invoke policy, that's, that's, not going to go well with the customer yeah it's Um, our policy
0: (laughs) we aren't allowed to do this because it's our policy i'm going to tell you my policy is the customer not to do business with people to say it's our policy (laughs) yeah that that gets pretty rough so what do you say instead i mean you, you can't use the word unfortunately but you can say something else
1: well i i like to start with um, let me see what I can do, or um, here are here's what I can do for you. Um, and I actually I just finished reading this book. I don't maybe you've read it, the The effortless Experience. Love and, it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yep. th- this book has really rocked my world, but they talk about a concept called experience engineering, where you actually present two two options for the customer. One that might be a little less favorable, present that one first, and then present the more favorable one second. It actually makes the second one look a little bit better to the customer. I, You know, I'm not saying let's go play mind games with the customer, but but it sure sounds a lot smarter than just saying no or, unfortunately, I can't do anything.
0: Well, I mean, I think, you know, it's. I don't want anybody to think it's manipulative. If you're giving somebody two ways to get something done or two alternatives – that overcomes the issue that they have, and say, "Look, there's a couple ways we can go about this." Um, I'll I, I, share. Here's the first way. Uh, not uh, you may like this one. I think uh, you might like my second one better. But here's a couple of things we can do. <laughs> you set it up right, they're going to okay. And the first one, okay, I get it. He's working my direction. He's 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 trying, and and ultimately, you know, you get. It. I love that. Um, and by the way, great book, "The Effortless Experience," and the concept of designing. The experience, and there's a you know there's a lot that goes into making a good design for customer experience. So we can talk about that another yeah. day. But back to these words like can't, won't, nope. Uh, I wrote them down, and unfortunately, uh, policy. Uh, so we've got an alternative to unfortunately. And by the way, anytime you say no, I actually have several reasons why you have to say no. There are times you can't get around saying. We can't do that. I mean, it could be illegal. Like, hey man, you live in Oregon. Can you ship me some of those gummy bears? Uh, Those no. (laughs) There I go. There I go. No, you can't do it. Okay, it's illegal. And and anything you do is illegal is simply illegal. Perhaps people are asking you to do something that you have never done. It's I mean, and that your company doesn't do. you know, uh, hey, can you sell me footballs? I'm not sure why you're asking me, uh, we're a shoe store. We don't sell footballs. You, you probably could say, but I can help you find a football. You know, that's your alternative. But it's something you, you ultimately will have to say no on the front end uh, for somebody to understand that. Uh, there is a great chapter, and, um, well, I, I've written about this before, about the uh, a concept of empowering an agent to be able to say yes and teaching them how to get to, uh, the line in the sand that they can't cross over, uh, as a way to get them to solve and resolve problems.
1: Absolutely, and you know this goes back to voice of the customer, Chef, where, um, where you know, in these one thing I'd like to ask in my focus groups with my agents is, uh, what are some reasons you feel like you have to say no or, unfortunately, to your to customers? Because mm-hmm. there, are, there, are, there are definitely going to be situations where they don't know what the alternatives are and they may not have been empowered by me, their manager or director or supervisor um, to think any other way or to know that they can, you know, they're empowered to have the freedom to um, to make a decision that's that's pro customer. So, so, yeah, it's not to put all the blame on or responsibility on the agent because um, kind of along with voice of the customer, it's about listening to our agents and, Finding ways to help them do their job better because uh, the fact of the matter is they don't know the customers. It's not fun to say no when you when you throw up that wall to the customer. Um, you're you're not going to get a good response most of the time. Some of them will just say okay and go away, but others are going to going to going to put up a fit. <laughs> right. So here's you, here's something
0: yeah. important I want everybody to understand. You keep using the word agent. And that's your world. You're in that, that support yeah. world. However, everything that we're talking about, is, and including the voice of the customer, is applicable to any job that you have in the organization. And by the way, Absolutely. these customer stop words are basically great communication lessons for anybody you do business with or work with. Or how about this? Go home and live with. I mean, can you imagine... A, a, a household where your spouse or significant other, your partner, whatever you want to call them, uh, doesn't use these words and comes. I, I mean, think about it. And what about your kids? Teaching your kids. The I mean, you've got three great kids. You got you got three boys, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're a really busy dude when you're not working. Okay, you go to work for relief. No, I'm just kidding. But, but don't s- let my wife hear this. No, but seriously, <laughs> imagine if you would teach your kids some of these principles in communication. Because you will win over people. You win over the people you work with. Your kids will win over, their, you know. Uh, by the way, we're not trying to win in a competitive nature. We're trying to win in the sense of getting along with others. I mean, you'll get along better. Maybe that's the better word rather than win over with, yeah. with other, with, you know, kids and their classmates. How about the teachers, you know, getting along better by being, you know, being, they're very solutions focused versus defensively focused. So anyway, let's start to wrap this up. Uh, I'm not going to ask you the final question yet because I know you've got, uh, a, you gave me a list of a number of cool technologies that help jumpstart your customer service. Can you think of any of these on the list quickly that you'd want to share with us that are really more general, good ideas, great, uh, you know, whether they're uh, software or programs, whatever they are, technologies that we could implement quickly and easily into our businesses?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so much of the range right now, Shep, is about chatbots. And um, we, we've spent a lot of time um, debating, you know, whether customers want to receive an automated response from a bot. Um, but kind of leaving the bots aside, there's a lot of artificial intelligence out there that that doesn't actually touch the customer directly. Um, you know, certain their their tools like. Uh, can I mention a few companies? Mention a few companies, hey, a few
0: companies uh, but you know, let's not go with something that's really expensive. Although you know, wh- what would be that? You, you can give us what would be that Cadillac or Ritz Carlton solution, but also what's something that even a solo entrepreneur uh, might be able to implement into their organization as well.
1: Oh, these might. You know, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking some of these are. Uh, like from my world in the call center, oh, yeah. um, it's interesting to look at artificial intelligence. Um, there are a lot of companies out there willing to do um, pilots with companies so they can do like automatic quality assurance to to have you get eyes on all the calls, um, to get ears on all the calls in an automated fashion. Um, a company like a, a grid space, um, they actually allow you to Uh, They'll they'll use machine learning to listen to calls. Um, They can actually grade the calls on a form, and also um, you can also get some uh, customer voice of customer insights out of that.
0: Yeah. So Um, Gridspace is a great company. You familiar with CallMiner?
1: CallMiner, yeah, very similar to that for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are listening, and when and we use the word listen, that's an interesting term. It could be a, a text. Uh, or message-based, it could be, you know, human-to-human. Uh, human. It could be, you know, any interaction they have. They're they're actually monitoring might be a better word. And then they're grading the words, the syntax, the, the cadence. Uh, there's so many things. I don't know how many different ways they come up with the data, but it's amazing how this can help you create a better experience, telling you, hey, teach and train people to say it this way. It's so much more effective. This upsets a customer. This makes a customer happy. So that's good. And, and is there a, a, an easy technology, an app that a smaller business can get into that's not uh, so expensive and robust as something that, you know, as big as grid space or call miner?
1: Well, I think, I think uh, another thing that I think is interesting is when we think about self-service. Mm, yep. um and and one technology i've kind of been turned on to lately a company called Solvy SOLVBY mm-hmm. um they actually allow you and another company that's really cool is uh, NanoRep um NanoRep works more for the chat Solvy works more for your email support but in both of those cases um you can really it uses natural language processing um on your knowledge base a customer might type in uh, in their language a question that they have and um, you can actually uh, present them with, with uh, uh, answers before that actually goes to a support ticket or, or a chat. Um, and the cool thing about these technologies is it records what the customer actually typed in, and if it doesn't know the answer and you see that they're typing that a lot, you can go answer that in a better way so that, so that you can actually deflect contacts to your other channels and make your, your self-service more powerful. And I think anything you can do to improve self-service, whether you're a one-man shop to right. you know thousands of thousands of folks, um, you're you're going to become more efficient. Um, customers don't actually want to call; typically, they'd like to solve it on their own if right. they can. And there's a whole so.
0: generation that's coming up in the world that is uh, becoming the most uh, prevalent customer, and that's what they want: quick, simple solutions. So even a, a small company can put a, a something as Basic is a, a frequently asked question uh, program, but you're, I think your your suggestions are great, and Salvi and NanoRep might be great. Also, consider I think video, uh, a simple video on YouTube is a great resource that anybody can create inexpensively. And you know, here's the answer to some of our most frequently asked questions. Takes to a video, and actually, you don't tell somebody; you show somebody how to resolve their issue. All right, we're almost out of time. Absolutely. I want to give you uh, the the famous final question, which is my one thing question. Uh, you may have already said it, you want to emphasize it, you may want to share something you haven't already shared before, but in uh, 60 seconds or less, give us one final insight that you want to make sure we all walk away with after the show. Thank you, Chef.
1: And, and this is something I'm really passionate about, you know, as you know, I have quality in my title. I work in the contact center. Um, it's uh, We have on our quality forms at FCR this this word called empathy and showing empathy to customers. And I've written about this a ton on my blog. Um, empathy is not about a statement, you know, saying I'm sorry or, um, or this unfortunate that this happened to you. Uh, empathy is about truly connecting with our customers, um, a human-to-human connection, um, and I think my goal, my challenge is to um, get uh, customer service professionals excited about serving customers, excited about making that connection consistently uh, with customers. I think the more we do that, um, the more we're going to change customer service, make customer service a really great profession and career, something people are excited to, to, to do day in and day out. And uh, it's going to it's going to pay big dividends with customers as
0: well. I think to paraphrase our president-elect, we're going to make customer service great again. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. Kidding, I would Jeremy. like a hat that says that. Yeah, you want a hat, that, a red hat that <laughs> says that. We have been talking with Jeremy Watkin, a customer service guru extraordinaire. He is the author of Customer Service Life blog. I urge you to Google it, find out about it, and subscribe to it. Uh, Thanks, Jeremy. You've been awesome, man. Thanks so much for taking the time to jump on our show and share some of your great insights.
1: Thank you, Chef. It was definitely my pleasure.
0: Well, everybody, thanks for listening. This is Chef Hyken, as always, reminding you to be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.